today we come to 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Uh, in this chapter, Paul continues in the early verses to extol the glory and the, and the wonder of God's power and work in the salvation of sinners. And it, and it comes to a close with Paul acknowledging that there are trials and hardships and afflictions in our lives here, but that not only, not, not only do they not compare to the glory of heaven that is to come, but that they are actually contributing toward and investing in the glory and the joy that will be multiplied in that day. This is a great chapter, and, and so let's consider uh, those two points that I just mentioned a little more closely. Uh, as the, first, as the chapter opens, Paul briefly lays out his method of ministry and preaching, and he explains how and why he can carry on his uh, difficult ministry and still be able to say, we do not lose heart. Remember, a couple of chapters ago, he, he asked the question, who is sufficient for these things? Well, the same guy who said, man, who is sufficient for this kind of ministry? He says here, somehow he still does it without losing heart, verse 1. And, and here's how he does it. He says that, that, that he preaches, uh, verse 2 he says, he preaches simply by op- open statement of the truth. The open statement of the truth, and he does not practice disgraceful underhanded ways and he refuses to practice cunning or to tamper with God's word in other words he doesn't feel compelled to put on a show or to manufacture some kind of response or to mislead the people into following Christ or you know by flattery or false premises promises or whatever why because he's convinced like we said yesterday from chapter three that that only God is able to change a human heart and God is able to do it through the simple preaching of the truth he explains this in the next few verses. In verse 4, Paul sets forward what is true of every believer. He, there in Corinthians in 4, 4, he says, in their case, I said believer, I meant unbeliever. What's true of every unbeliever? He says, in their case, the God of this world, that's a little g, so it's talking about Satan. In the case of unbelievers, the God of this world, Satan, little g, has blinded the minds of, of the unbelievers to keep them from seeing the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ who is the image of God it is true of every single unbeliever that Satan has blinded their minds to deceive them so that they are unable to see Jesus for who he really is and and come to him in their own power and of their own volition to be saved they are blind and they are deceived God's word says that what are they blind to Notice carefully what it says in verse 4, what it is that they, it says that they cannot see. It says that they are kept from seeing the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ. It's not as if believers cannot, underst- cannot understand the gospel message at all when it is preached to them. It's not as if they can't understand the words or the sentences. The problem is that they don't and can't see uh, the truth for what it really is the truth they can't see jesus for who he really is namely they can't see the glory of christ this is what is true of every unbeliever they might hear that that christ mercifully came and lived a perfect life in our place and that that he died uh, on a cross to take upon himself the punishment and the consequences of our sins and he rose victoriously on the third day they can they can understand those claims but to them it's not glorious at all. They may not see it as the truth. Well, if that's the case, how can anybody be saved? If that is true, how could Paul say? If, if it's true that, that that's how they respond and they respond that way because Satan has blinded their minds, how can he say in verse 1, we don't lose heart? 
because Paul knew that God had has done something for sinners that that sinners could never do for themselves, and and he's God has done something for sinners that Satan uh, cannot thwart. He cannot uh, overpower God in every instance. He is. He, he says in such amazing way, when you really think about it, Paul describes what happens in the heart and mind of every single person who ever comes to Jesus in repentance and faith. Here's how he describes it in verse 6. For God who said, let light shine out of darkness, has shown in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Did you, did you catch the comparison he is making there? When, when did God say, let light shine out of darkness at creation. He said, let there be light. And boom, there was light. Paul says that same God who said that, let there be light and there was light. And he, he also shines by that same power in our hearts into a dark, sinful heart and says, let there be light. And he overcomes our sinful rebellion and our resist, resist, resistance to him and his grace. And he overcomes the blindness that, that Satan has put on your heart. And once he unbinds the sinful chains of our heart, we come freely then to Christ because he's given us new hearts. What an amazing God we serve. That same power that said to creation, let there be light, shines in our hearts and says, let there be life. That's an amazing and a beautiful truth. Let's let's skip to the, to the end of the chapter and and think about what he says about uh, suffering and hardships. Paul ends the chapter with some some of the most encouraging words in the Bible. He reiterates in verse sixteen what he said in verse one. We don't lose heart. One reason we don't lose heart is because we know that God is working through us uh, to do through us what we cannot do for ourselves. We are working with His power, as Colossians one twenty nine puts it. But but he gives here a second reason we don't lose heart. And that's because in and with every single hardship we may face in this world and in this life, God will work all of them to our good and multiply the joys we experience in heaven. And he says, in, in an amazing way, he says, that, and to quote him in verse 17, this slight momentary affliction, get what he's saying here, any hardship is a slight momentary affliction, and it is, it is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. The affliction is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory. Every hardship, every affliction, every trial, every pain is actually preparing and building the joys that await us in heaven. It's not as if uh, God will give us joy in spite of our pain but that the pain itself, God is actually using the pain to multiply the joy in that day. For every pain, there is infinitely multiplied joy. It may not seem like that now, but that's why Paul says we have, in verse 18, that we have to look not to the things that are seen, but to the things that are unseen. Don't base your belief in that on the circumstances around you right now, but base it on his promise and you will not be disappointed. Just a couple of thoughts from 2 Corinthians chapter 4.